Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Trap Talk Live brought to you by Huntsman Wildlife. Huntsman Wildlife is a nuisance wildlife provider in the Cincinnati area. Homeowners hire us to remove nuisance wildlife from their home because most have no idea where to start. So we remove the animal, we clean up the mess that was made, and we repair the damage that was done. Because bottom line, the only unwelcome house guest in your home should be your in-laws. Oh, and I almost forgot to mention, I'm your host, Ryan Ridgely, owner and operator of Huntsman Wildlife. Things have slowed down a bit for us here at Huntsman Wildlife. We, uh, we have a small little lull in the action, if you want to call it that. So we've been able to get caught up on some ongoing projects that we've had kind of on the back burner here on the marketing and advertising side. Been able to do some planning for spring and also get some stuff done around the farm. We have had some client calls here and there, but nothing like we, we were having at the beginning of October there. So it's been kind of nice for things to slow down. It has coincided with a temperature drop here in the Cincinnati area. We have been having more frequent uh, late night, uh, below freezing temperatures, upper 20s, low 30s. And so that has obviously had an impact on the nuisance wildlife in our area. I haven't heard peep out of any of my customers when it comes to woodchucks or chipmunks. So I'm coming real close to about calling those uh, two species as real close, if not already hibernating for the winter season. Now, some of the predator species like fox and coyotes were of course getting an increase in activities in the area. They're going through a caloric load right now, trying to build up that, uh, that winter reserve either within their system or uh, again, you know, trying to find sources uh, of food that are going to be um, constant and available for them over the winter. So I have been talking to some of my neighbors, uh, some of my neighbors that also raise chickens and birds like we do. We have both ducks and chickens on our farm. And so we are being hyper vigilant as to when we're getting those birds put up for the night when they're out, uh, making sure that we do not allow for free meals for any of the predator nuisance wildlife in the area. Our rodent work seems to be going full full blast, uh, like it always does every year. This is obviously the first year for Huntsman Wildlife, but I've been doing this for about 15 years. Sure enough, every fall, the rodent calls keep coming in because those rats, those mice, are looking for a place to spend the winter. And if you have a void or an access point in your home, you can almost guarantee that those little buck tooth troublemakers will absolutely gain access to your home and try and call it theirs. And of course, their much larger cousins, the gray squirrels, along with their friends, the raccoons, seem to be a large majority of the calls that we've been getting recently. A lot of these animals, again, the squirrels and the raccoons, just like the mice and rats, are looking for a place to call the winter. And right now, your soffits, your attics, your attic vents, your gable vents, those are great spots for them to gain access to your home, make themselves comfortable while they get through the winter. And we like to prevent that. So this week, we're going to go back in the archives Back to, oh shoot, I want to say January last year, I wrote a blog post, uh, I believe it was titled, Keeping Squirrels from Driving You Nuts. Uh, really, it, it's 
it's five really good ideas um, as to how to keep the gray squirrels from being on your property and being attracted to your home and causing you again to call me in late January, February because you have squirrels in your attic and they've had offspring and it's become a bigger issue. So when it comes to gray squirrels getting into your home, the first thing, absolute biggest priority when it comes to securing your home is trimming back the branches and the vegetation around your home. A lot of us love to have ornamental shrubs and bushes around the home or nice tall trees with big canopies that provide shade during the summer. But when those branches from those ornamentals reach your roof line or that canopy goes over your, your home and those branches are within six feet of the structure, that's when you've got an easy on-off access for the gray squirrels. I've seen squirrels do things that Cirque du Soleil actors and actresses would be jealous of. Uh, really, I always tell my customers whenever we do an inspection of a home, if you have branches encroaching or touching your roof or your roof line, trim those back. A six foot span is what you want. Uh, really the best option, go to Lowe's, Home Depot, Menards, uh, Ace, any, any hardware store, any big box home store and buy two yardsticks. And what you'll do is you'll take those yardsticks and you'll find the three inch mark on both of those and you'll join them up and you'll tape them together. So really you're six inches short of, of, of uh, six feet. But with that yardstick, use that as a fulcrum, you know, have that one side touching your home or your roof line and then kind of wave it um, on the pivot point and see if the other end of that taped together yardstick comes in contact with any branches. If it comes in contact with the branches or even comes close, that branch or the end of that branch needs to get trimmed back so that those gray squirrels don't have those branches and that access point to get onto your roof. Now, if you didn't get around to trimming back those branches and you've got you know that easy on-off access for the squirrels to go from the trees to your roof line, the next thing you wanna check is going to be the venting on your roof. So there's three different kind of common access points that I would say that squirrels use to gain access through your roof venting. First and foremost are the, uh, the, the typical builder spec uh, box vents. They're usually made of stamped aluminum. They look square in nature. Those vents, like, like I said, they're only stamped aluminum. So if you went up there with the nail clippers, you can actually pry off the, the fins or, or the slots on the side of those vents. So if you can do that with the nail clippers, then the teeth of an of a Eastern gray squirrel can easily break through the fins on the side of those vents. And once they open up that, that space, those vents go straight into your attic. So giving them easy access to your attic through those vents, we obviously want to make sure to get those covered. Huntsman Wildlife installs a wildlife resistant uh, cover or cage that goes over them, still allows for venting, but it's a little bit uh, higher level of protection than just the stamped aluminum. It's a 16 gauge galvanized steel. Oftentimes it's coated in a black coating, so it, it tends to blend in. It's you know one of those, um, I always recommend every house we go on, if they've got the box style vents on the roof, you wanna end up uh, finding some sort of protection for those 
because not just the squirrels, but I've also seen raccoons uh, tear into those and use those to gain access to the attic space. If you don't have those box vents on your roof, what you might have is what's called a ridge vent. Uh, what that is, you'll find that on newer roofs, uh, newer homes, where the venting for the attic uh, is actually through the ridge or, or the absolute peak of the roof. Those ridge vents uh, that most roofers put on are actually just made of an ABS composite plastic. Again, easily chewed into, easily torn up uh, and pulled apart. And so that's not um, one of those where you want to leave that unprotected. And so just like we have uh, the wildlife proofing that we do over the attic vent caps, uh, Huntsman Wildlife also installs something called Ridge Guard, uh, which is a similar uh, material, uh, galvanized metal um, that we install over the ridge vent, and that does not allow the raccoons and the squirrels to gain access uh, to those plastic components that they can easily chew through and damage and gain access to your roof. Now the last access point on your roof uh, that, that we usually try to take care of are your plumbing exhaust vents. Normally that's a PVC uh, pipe on newer homes. Sometimes it's a leaded pipe on older homes, but that is your plumbing exhaust ports or exhaust vents. Uh, really, it, it, when it comes to the animals gaining access to the roof through the pipe is rare. Uh, sometimes you'll have cavity nesting birds or squirrels, or even on rare occasion, again, if you've got branches overhanging your roof, you'll have a snake that will land on your roof, uh, will gain access to that pipe. And that's commonly how most people end up getting uh, wildlife in their plumbing system. Snakes or rats or whatever uh, end up in their, their toilets. It's because they go through the plumbing system, not from underground, but from the uh, plumbing exhaust ports on the roof. So we, we absolutely recommend getting those capped off because again, cavity nesting birds, uh, a curious squirrel can all get stuck and lodged in there. Uh, and that's not something you want to deal with. The other thing is with those exhaust ports, uh, commonly they have a rubber boot that, that seals around that pipe that creates a, a waterproof seal. And over time, uh, weather and UV rays uh, deteriorate that weather boot or that rubber boot and that can crack, it can split, it can get damaged. And again, that provides that access point where either the raccoon or the squirrel take advantage of the damage and open up the hole or the entire boot deteriorates. And now it's an easy in uh, for the squirrels to gain access to the roof. So making sure, like I said, when it comes to your roof, check the boots around your plumbing exhaust ports, check your attic venting, uh, be it your, your box vents or your ridge vents. Both of those are easy access points for not just the Eastern gray squirrels, but also, like I said, uh, raccoons, uh, sometimes flying squirrels, um, and then cavity nesting birds. So as we move off of the roof, we're going to move to your gable vents, usually right at the peak of the house on the sides of the home or on a dormer or something around those lines, right at the peak, uh, you're going to find large vents. Uh, sometimes they're square, sometimes they're triangle in shape or an octagon in shape. But those gable vents, if they're the common builder specification vents, 
the backer, if it is existent on those, is nothing more than fiberglass screening. The same screen material that are in all your windows, they use to back these gable vents. Uh, the manufacturers do that because they're wanting to make sure that bugs, such as, you know, wasps, hornets, bees, um, you know, box elder beetles, stink bugs, stuff like that, don't have access to your attic. What they don't realize is that a motivated or even lazy squirrel, raccoon, bird can easily get through that fiberglass screening and gain access to your attic space through your gable vents. Uh, so we always recommend um, to, again, when we're doing inspections, we take a look at that and we let our client know, hey, you have inadequate protection on your gable vents. We recommend going up and installing uh, either quarter inch or half inch uh, galvanized hardware cloth over those vents, either from the inside or the outside, depending on access points, uh, in order to properly secure that. If we do install it on the exterior, uh, you can oftentimes paint right over it and it blends in. And the only time you're able to tell is if you're looking directly up at it, otherwise it blends right in. So making sure that the screening or the protection on your gable vents um, is, is paramount because again, after your attic venting, the most common access point that we find when it comes to Eastern gray squirrels are your gable vents. Now, if it's not through the gable vents and it's not through the attic roofing, your next entry exit point or entry access point that squirrels are going to have to your home is going to be through either your soffits, your fascia, or your gutters. Uh, again, a lot of this is due to previous damage that happened during the summer storms. We get high winds, uh, we get tree branches, stuff like that, that could damage your fascia, it could damage your soffits. And squirrels, even though they, they are, you know, creatures of, of you know, opportunity um, and, and sometimes opportunity that they make of their own, they will not hesitate to take advantage of a damaged piece of soffit or a bent uh, fascia board or a fascia panel or something like that and take advantage of that weakness and gain access. Uh, another thing you need to think about is when you do have damaged fascia, uh, you know, damage to um, the, the, the sheeting around the base of a chimney, uh, damage to shingles, damage to your drip plates, stuff like that. Uh, what will happen is maybe not the squirrels will get to it this year, uh, but the water will. So you'll start having some water damage. Uh, the water and rain and all that will start... Um, degrading the wood, it will weaken uh, that, that area. And then again, the squirrels will find that weak spot and know that they could take advantage of that compromised wood, uh, be it your roof or your siding or something like that, and chew through that and gain access. Um, in fact, we had a client uh, in, on one of the northeast suburbs here in Cincinnati uh, this year where we were having a heck of a time trying to figure out where exactly these squirrels were gaining access through. And um, after doing a full inspection of the attic, after going around the outside, uh, we eventually invested in a RC drone. Uh, and I, I flew a drone around their property. And sure enough, uh, we had found one spot, one small little racquetball size hole 
uh, that there would have been no way I could have seen, even if I took my ladder up and down um, that, that, you know, roof line trying to find the spot i was just tucked away it was a weird corner where one roof met another um and sure enough uh you could tell um from the algal and and mold uh growth on the roof and on the shingles that there was water accumulation there and the squirrels taken advantage of it because the water accumulation had weakened uh the the shingles um and weakened the the uh, sheeting on the roof and the squirrels had chewed right through that and gained right in so we ended up setting a, a one-way uh, exit door there after about seven days cleared it out sealed it up hasn't been a problem since uh, but again the squirrels took advantage of a weak spot on the roof uh, they were able to find it and they chewed right through it and yes you want to make sure any damage to any of your shingles your siding your soffits your fascia uh, be aware of that, get that repaired so that the squirrels don't have an opportunity to take advantage of that and gain access to your home. And speaking of weather causing damage, um, if you are like me, uh, yes, Cincinnati is not a great area when it comes to uh, chimney caps. Uh, we get some high winds. We're, we're up on a hill uh, near the river. We're about a mile and a half away from the Ohio River. Uh, we're up on a hill, um, and we're in technically what's considered the river valley. And so we get some high, high winds up on our side of, of Cincinnati. And those high winds do quite a number on anything that is above the roof line. Uh, we've lost some big branches this year. We've lost a couple trees. And I lost our chimney cap this year. Um, so, you know, you might not notice it right away. Um, but when your chimney is open and there's no cap on it, uh, easy, easy access for wildlife to gain entrance to. Um, you know, commonly we deal with squirrels and, and raccoons a lot in chimneys. So you want to make sure that your, your chimney cap is in good repair well, first and foremost, that you have a chimney cap. If not, put one on. Uh, but make sure that the chimney cap that is on your chimney is in good condition, that there's no holes, there's no large voids, there's nowhere that a raccoon could get their, their fingers into to pry it open or pry it off. Uh, you want a snug fit, tight, secure chimney cap. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Making sure that that chimney cap is, is there or in good working order is imperative to keeping animals like raccoons and gray squirrels out of your home. Last January, a good friend of ours gave us a call late one night, I think it was a Thursday or Friday night, uh, because she had gotten home and realized that there was a squirrel on her kitchen counter eating her blueberry muffins. Uh, we had determined that that squirrel gained access to their home through the chimney because two nights ago, high winds came through Cincinnati, blew their chimney cap off, and the squirrel ended up gaining access through the chimney. The flue of the chimney was open. And so it had access right into the fireplace or right into the firebox. And then went down into their basement, went up in the kitchen, was chewing on the windows, was chewing on furniture, was chewing on blinds, trying to get out because it didn't know uh, where to go. And so we actually spent about 20 minutes running around their trowel house trying to catch a squirrel. Ended up grabbing it and pulling it off property, um, but 
yeah, it it was one of those that um, our friends hadn't realized that their chimney cap had blown off because that night when I had done the inspection or when I had come to uh, pull the squirrel out, I did a quick inspection. It was dark out, so all I had was my flashlight. But as soon as my flashlight hit the top of that chimney, I could see that the, the cap was, was bent up and damaged. And so um, that's how the, we assumed that the squirrel gained access. And so I told my friend, hey, tomorrow morning, get up there, uh, get that, that chimney cap repaired. And I haven't got a call from them since. So I'm assuming it worked. So now that your chimney cap is in good working order, all of your siding, shingles, fascia, soffits, they're all in good repair. There's no gaps or voids or damage there. You've got protected venting on your attic vents and your gable vents and your ridge vent is protected. Your plumbing exhaust ports are protected. You've got your branches trimmed six feet away from the structure, but you still have squirrel pressure on your property. I could probably tell you why. You've got bird feeders. This is something that I, I feel horrible about because I know how much people appreciate uh, watching birds. Everyone's an amateur ornithologist at heart, but the bird populations that stay around in the Cincinnati area at least over winter are very well equipped and capable to find food on their own. They do not require human beings to put out massive amounts of seed and feed for them because not only will your blue jays and your cardinals and your sparrows appreciate uh, the, the plethora and the bounty of, of seed on your property, but so will the squirrels, the mice, the rats, the skunks, the raccoons, the possums, uh, bird feeders are by far the biggest, biggest attractant uh, for nuisance wildlife to your home. Uh, really, if, if you can find other ways to appreciate birds, going to a park, going to a wildlife sanctuary, um, that I, I highly recommend that. Having feeders on your property are just, it, it is a combination of bad, bad, bad all around. Um, I talked to you guys back at the end of October about things like, you know, fall decorations when it comes to pumpkins and gourds and corn stalks. Uh, same principle. When you bring that food source and that constant food source around your property like a bird feeder, uh, you will attract and, and habituate wildlife to your property. Uh, not to mention a lot of us that do have bird feeders do not store that feed appropriately. You need to be storing that feed in metal containers with locking lids uh, so that nuisance wildlife, if they do gain access to the area that that feed is stored, do not find that feed and consider that a food source. So yeah, uh, all in all, I, I always recommend to my customers, um, if, you can, if you can find it in your heart to get rid of it, Taking bird feeders off your property is one of the best ways to make sure that you're not attracting wildlife to your property in the first place. Because if you attract them to your property, they're going to stick around. And when they stick around, they find those weaknesses in your soffits, in your fascia, in your venting. Uh, you know, they find that weak spot in your chimney cap because they'll grab all that food and then they'll run up to your roof in a safe place to eat it. Just make sure, pull the feeders out if you can. And my last piece of advice is 
frequent inspections. Really, honestly, it's, it's the best way to make sure that nuisance wildlife does not enter your home, uh, is constantly staying vigilant. Uh, I, we, we bought our farm from a, a family friend of mine, of my wife and I's, and um, she's, she's a hoot, she's a blast. I consider her my big sister, uh, but she used to laugh uh, because we'd sit on the back deck before Candace and I took over the property and we'd sit back there with our friend and she would, <laughs> we'd sit there and we'd, we'd talk about everything that needs to get done on a farm, what needs to get repaired. Everything had a dollar amount attached to it. And, and one of her phrases was constant vigilance, that this farm required constant vigilance because if it's not one thing, it's another. And if it's not another, it will be in about 20 minutes. Just give it time. You have to stay constantly vigilant. I tell people the same thing when it comes to nuisance wildlife control in our home. Constant vigilance is required to make sure that your home is not susceptible to intrusion from nuisance wildlife. Making sure that you check at least once a year. I always recommend spring and fall, either yourself or hire a company like Huntsman Wildlife. If you're not in the Cincinnati area, check out the Nuisance Wildlife Control Operators of America website. Uh, take a look for a, a, a you know certified provider out in your area. But have somebody to come out, take a look, make sure that there aren't any voids, aren't any gaps, aren't any entry exit points or access points that could cause potential issues. For us at, News, at Huntsman Wildlife, our inspections run $85. With those inspections, you get a full color PDF report with pictures, annotations of those pictures. So for instance, if you know, you've got a bad seal on a garage door. We're going to take a picture of that garage door. I'm going to highlight the area of the garage door that the seal is, is in bad repair. And we're going to leave a note and we're going to say, hey, your garage door seal needs to be repaired or replaced to prevent nuisance wildlife from gaining access to the structure interior. A report like that, you can either use to hand over to a contractor or handyman to make repairs or use it as your own spring or fall chore to-do list. Um, again, for $85, a lot of my customers are willing to pay that because they'll pay me the $85 to inspect their home so they don't have to pay me the seven, eight, nine, sometimes a thousand, two thousand dollars to remove an animal that got into their home and then repair the damage that was done and clean up the mess that was made. So that's where frequent inspections, like I said, once in the spring, once in the fall, are super helpful at making sure that nuisance wildlife does not intrude into your home and cause you know potential damage and danger to your property or your family. So there you go. That was this week's topic. Now that we're done with that, we're going to move on to the big three. We're talking wins, losses, and learning moments of the week. So our big win for the week has to be a new piece of technology we've been implementing in the field here. Uh, we have been using what is called a Skyhawk Kiwi. Uh, it is an electronic trap monitor, uh, works off of satellite uh, cellular technology. So what we do is we, we put this monitor on uh, traps such as raccoon traps and squirrel traps, turn it on, and then as soon as that monitor picks up the vibration of an animal in that trap, I get an alert on my cell phone or I get an email 
um, alerting me that that trap is is you know being active, that there's something interacting with that trap, which is super super helpful. Um, a lot of times. You know, for instance, here in Ohio, the Ohio Department of Natural Resources requires that all traps be checked every 24 hours. Uh, it would be cost prohibitive uh, to a lot of our clients to, for them to pay Huntsman Wildlife to come out to their property every single day during the 10-day trapping program to check those traps. We charge $65 if we have to come out and just to check a trap because we have to cover our time our vehicle, our fuel insurance, stuff like that. So what we do is we count on our clients to check those traps. Well, if our clients are busy or in, in instances like this time of year when sometimes our clients will leave for the day uh, and it's dark out, we can just put the trap monitor on the traps, uh, charge the fee for the monitors, and then be able to know by 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning when we take a look at our trap report and say, okay, you know, the, the Smith raccoon trap went off and the Johnson squirrel trap went off. So we'll have to make sure to route into our day to go do that. Uh, but the Erickson, you know, possum trap is still good. So we don't need to stop there. So as an absolute win, uh, really love that technology, excited to, uh, to implement that as we go forward. Um, right now we're running four units in the field. I'm really hoping um, by mid-February, March, we're running at least 12 to 18 units uh, so that we can cover a majority of the clients that we're dealing with uh, as we go through. So I had a hard time coming up with the loss for this week. Uh, it was actually a pretty good week. The truck's been up and running. It's been working great. Uh, the new tech with the, um, the Skyhawk Kiwis is working great. Like I said, we're getting caught up on a lot of projects that we've had to put on hold, um, but we have slowed down a minor bit. And so I guess I can consider that a little bit of a loss. Um, we have, you know, instead of two or three phone calls a day, uh, we're averaging anywhere between four to seven phone calls a week. So about one a day, maybe. Um, so yeah, we, we have slowed down a tiny, tiny bit. Uh, but again, it's, it's something we expect that this time of year. Um, you know, November, December, early, early January, uh, things tend to die down. And then late January here in Cincinnati, uh, we start getting the first round of uh, litters from both raccoons and squirrels. So we'll kind of get an uptick there. Um, but yeah, things have slowed down, uh, which, you know, I plan for. So I guess when you look at the learning moment, um, you know, I, I plan pretty much accordingly for this. Uh, we have budgeted with it financially. Uh, we had some reserves so that we can make payroll for both Candace and I. Uh, we've bought equipment as, as we had planned. Um, and in fact, we're actually starting to uh, ramp up and put orders in for traps and equipment come spring. Uh, because we're going to have Candace also running in the field, I'm going to need to increase some of the trap numbers we have. Uh, again, like I was talking about the Skycock Kiwis, we're going to have to buy those. Uh, those come with an initial... Uh, equipment costs and then there is a yearly subscription fee and so we're looking at a significant um, investment in those and so yeah it's it's one of those that um, this being our first full uh, 12 month calendar year uh, technically Huntsman Wildlife has not gone through uh, Cincinnati winter yet though again uh, we've been out here five years I, I did spend 
uh, my first year and a half here in the northern Kentucky Cincinnati area in the pest management industry. So I am familiar with um, the uh, animal behavior and, and habits that come around this time of year. So yeah, um, like I said, not really a loss. Uh, it was actually a pretty good week, but you know, I always have to have a, a loss and a learning moment. So I think you know we could be maybe a little bit better about how we plan things and, and stuff like that. Um, Candace has been <laughs> a little bored. Uh, there hasn't been much for her to do. She's still not super comfortable on a lot of roofs that we work on. Um, and so, you know, with a lot of our work right now being around the chipmunk and, and or the squirrel and raccoon side of things, uh, normally that's arboreal or up in trees or roofs or ladders. And so that's not something Candace is super comfortable with. So I've had to leave her at home a couple days, um, but she's getting a lot done. We're, we're getting some marketing done um, and, and some other stuff uh, in plans for the upcoming season. So, yeah, that is about it. We did hit a pretty big milestone last week when it comes to this podcast. We hit a hundred cumulative downloads uh, last week. I believe when I checked Buzzsprout before I started this recording today's podcast, we were at 107 total downloads uh, for all time. So that is absolutely fantastic. Thank you, everybody, again. I'm sure, I don't know if you're sick of it or, or not, uh, but I, I'm definitely not sick of saying it. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, in, in the podcast notes, there are all the links to all things Huntsman Wildlife. Uh, we are on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, we have our website, um, all that good stuff. So, if you have any feedback on the podcast, if there's any topics you want us to hit, any questions you have, uh, stuff like that, I can start putting those together. I can put together uh, a Q&A, um, kind of a, a you know Reddit AMA, Ask Me Anything uh, podcast if you want. If you guys have specific questions, specific topics you want me to cover, uh, do not hesitate to let me know. But again, thank you so, so very much for listening. Um, as long as I've got one uh, or two downloads, because technically, you know, one, one of those downloads every week is me uh, on my phone. Um, but yeah, if, as long as we've got the, the listeners or even just one listener, I'll keep making this and I really appreciate it. Um, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart uh, for making this, you know, something that's, that's part of your week. Yeah, uh, everybody have a fantastic week. Uh, stay safe, be good, and until next time, see you folks.